Oh, and I'm wearing my uh, Splinter Cell shirt today. Really? Mac, oh, yeah. Mac, Mac started talking, y'all, before I could do the intro. My, oh, it's I'm all sorry. good, though. It's all good, though. Dude. We roll with the punches here at Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. Welcome. I am Lom, also known as Mr. Nice Guy. I have the man, the myth, the legend, the interrupter <laughs> of podcast introductions, Mac, here with me. Mac is wearing his Splinter Cell shirt, as he already said. Mac, give the people a brief rundown of how we got those shirts, man, because I have one, too. Okay, so E3, it would have been E3 2013, I think. 2012. But 2012, counting? okay. Who's counting? Yeah, who's Well, apparently you are, my friend. <laughs> um, so Mr. Nice Guy and I went to E3 um, in 2012. We did. Um, as, a, as, as, a, as a couple. And, uh, and it was a it was a great time. Uh, I'm I'm gonna dispute that. We went we went for sure. Um, and there were two of us, so yeah, I guess yeah, we went as yeah. a couple. Fair enough. Yeah, whatever. Who's whatever. So we had uh, so we had a fun time, and uh, and at there we actually you know made the introductions. Um, anyway, we buddy buddied with some people from uh, from Ubisoft. And we got uh, we got these T-shirts, and there's a lot more to the story, and so many cool people. Like we were walking from the convention center to another place, to a hotel, to go to a red carpet event. No joke, there was a red carpet. A legitimate red carpet was there was that cool. we showed up to on time, which means we were effectively early, yeah. and therefore nobody was there. But we rode the we rode the elevator up with the um, with the guy who was throwing the shindig. We got the first interview at the thing because we were there. Uh, I was uh, we were there doing um, doing tech stuff, and uh, and then yeah, so lots of cool things. But on the way walking to that hotel area or to that hotel is where we bumped into Francois and I forget the name of the other guy, but they were in-house press people for Ubisoft. And so, uh, and so we had a good time. We talked about stuff and things. And then uh, they were like, come by the booth tomorrow. We'll hook you guys up. And we did, and they did, and it was awesome. It was awesome, and I told him straight up, Splinter Cell is my favorite gaming franchise of all time, as it is. That's not a made-up story. That's the truth. Uh, And so we went there. They actually brought us into the demo of Splinter Cell Blacklist, which at the time had not been um, released. It had just been announced that weekend. So we got to see the private demo. They gave us some awesome shirts, hung out. It was cool. Very, very cool, guys. Ubisoft, great company. Always have a soft spot for them. Uh, But Mac... Back to present day. How are things going, man? How is life? Um, life is good. Uh, man, it seems like it seems like at the same time I feel like my life is so hectic sometimes. Dude, I feel you. I, I feel you. But then when I stop to like put a finger on what exactly did I accomplish? What exactly happened this week? Um, sometimes you just kind of draw a blank. So there's two types of weekends that I feel I can enjoy as an adult. The one is the weekend where I do absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? We just like watch Mm -hmm. movies all weekend in our pajamas, you know, me and the wife and the kids. uh, And we just, you know, watch some Netflix and and, and that's it. You know what I mean? Nothing of of, uh, of value. Nope. Nothing productive. The other type Mm -hmm. of weekend that I can enjoy is the extremely productive weekend. You know, we, you know, build something. My wife's really into woodworking and I am too. We, We build something. I feel like I accomplished something. You know what I mean? I did some yard mm-hmm. work. That ty- that type of like adult type weekend, um, and everything in between feels like a wasted weekend to me. 
So it's it's the two extremes. It's the nothingness or the the a lot of stuff that I can <laughs> enjoy. And this weekend is going to be one of nothingness because there's a lot of good games that just came out, and I'm going to be playing those with the family uh, and playing them solo. So excellent. Um, my week has been good as well. This week I haven't gotten on stage a lot, man. I've had so much going on, just like you. Life is hectic, but here's the good news. It's a good time to be a nerd. Mr. Doctor Strange just came out on Blu-ray. Gonna pick that up this weekend and watch it. Nintendo Switch comes out in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Gonna pick one of those bad boys up, play that Zelda. And on top of it, Horizon Zero Dawn came out this weekend as well for the PlayStation 4. And it's getting very, very good review scores. Uh, so, I mean, there's not going to be any shortage of uh, of non-productivity, if that's a word for me this weekend. Mm. Now, uh, Mr. Nice Guy, I I do want to just ask, and maybe this is jumping the gun a little bit, in which case, just stop me. But uh, do you feel like um, a Horizon Zero Dawn, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like that's going to be overshadowed by um, uh, by Breath of the Wild? I don't, and here's the reason why I don't. This is a great question to start the show off, which, by the way, guys, if you're just joining us, Two Nerds in a Pod, episode 20! I don't think I mentioned that in the intro. Um, nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. Here's why I don't think it's going to be overshadowed, because, one, they're on two completely different consoles, um, and they're both exclusives. So Horizon Zero Dawn is only on the PlayStation 4. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild is only on the Nintendo Switch. And additionally, the Nintendo Switch is a brand new console. So if it was an existing console, I might say, yeah, it's going to be overshadowed. Um, from a sales perspective, I don't think it's going to be that either one will be overshadowed. I think that there are different niches, you know, different <laughs> groups of people that like to play each one. The Nintendo fanboys that would actually buy the Switch day one. You know, people who are really into Nintendo that much. Nothing like you. Nothing like me. I'm I'm just a I'm I'm bipartisan when it comes to gaming consoles. I like. It's everything. true. It's not like you're buying a console day one. I am buying it day one, but actually I'm gonna buy it day two. No, it will be day one because it'll be after midnight, but it'll still be Friday. Regardless, my point is, people who would buy the console day one are big enough fans of Nintendo that mm-hmm. they're gonna be really really into Zelda. Um, people who are playing Horizon are obviously fans of PlayStation. That's not to say that there's no overlap, but I think there's a significant people in each group, significant number of people in each group, that neither one will be overshadowed. Now, when it comes time to talk about Game of the Year, there's the potential that Horizon will be overshadowed by Zelda. From a sales perspective, I think both of them are going to do absolutely fine. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are your thoughts, though? Did you have an opinion on that? Or? Uh, well, you know, I was just thinking that uh, that as a, you know, I think you're right, from a sales perspective, from a gaming perspective, though, you've only got so much time. And so it's like, uh, uh, now you said Horizon Zero Dawn has come out this week, yes? Yes, it did. And of course, now this weekend, we have we have Breath of the Wild. Both games, as I understand, are in the double-digit hours of content. You're absolutely right. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like once you get, let's say you've got both, you're a bipartisan gamer just like Mr. Nice Guy, and you've got both, you very likely are going to be unable to have completed your first run-through of Zero Dawn before uh, Breath of the Wild is an option. And so which one do you choose? You're absolutely right. So in that perspective, yeah, one is going to get chosen over the other. For people like me who own the PlayStation 4 and will potentially be buying the Switch, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one is going to have to take precedent. Now here, or precedence, I don't know if I used the right word there. Now here's what I did, Mac, because I actually mm-hmm. had a, a, an in-depth gaming conversation with Mrs. Nice Girl about this. I said, listen, honey, 
Here's what. Here's my dilemma, and I use dilemma in air quotes because it's really my weird. dilemma is there are awesome games, and yeah. I have familial obligations. Is there any way I can just shirk these for the next seventy-two hours? <laughs> and and really, here's the thing: there's no familial obligations. I mean, obviously, I have an obligation and a joy that comes with having children and a wife, and that comes over video games any any day of the week, and that's my choice. Uh, never would put gaming above the family. Uh, but I do know I have a certain number of hours on a weekend that I can spend gaming. And so I said, honey, here's my dilemma. Horizon Zero Dawn comes out today. I was talking to her about this on February 28th when it came out. I said, that comes out today. The Nintendo Switch comes out on Friday. They both are going to be awesome because uh, the Switch has Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm not going to have time to play both of them, honey. That's what I told her. Which one should I get? And she was like, listen, just get the Switch and... Uh, and, and play Breath of the Wild. Now, she knows that I'm going to get both of them eventually, but it doesn't make sense for me to even go buy, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn when I'm also getting the Switch and I'm not going to be able to play both. I'm not going to turn my PS4 on this weekend. I'm going to be all about the Switch. So, uh, so I made that decision, held off on even buying Horizon Zero Dawn simply because it is. And are you drinking a smoothie and not sharing it with me, Mac? Nope, just ice water. Dude, but it's a smoothie cup. And I, I don't live in Utah anymore, so I don't it get is. tropical smoothie. Although I think there might be a tropical smoothie out here. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think tropical smoothie cafe is a Utah thing. Yeah, it's not because there's one in Vegas too. I remember I had mm. it one time. In fact, I might have had it with you. No, I wasn't with you. We went to Vegas one time, but it wasn't with you that I, I had it. Mm. Uh, but quick question: We're getting segued so much, which is part of the joy of the podcast. What's your favorite tropical smoothie flavor? I know what mine is, but what's yours? Um, strawberry limeade. Dude, okay. So what about the Bahama Mama? You know, it just doesn't have the right... Uh, uh, the problem with most... And I say this... When I say most, I mean like 99% of the tropical smoothie cafe stuff is that there's not enough flavor. They're either... Air, well, okay. The flavor's wrong. They're either airing too much, uh, too much flavor, or not enough. Flavor. I'd agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I've felt like the strawberry limeade is the one that consistently is always done right. I don't know how. I don't know why. Maybe it's the ingredients, but that one always has just the right amount of kick for me. So, um, so I think I tried a Bahama Mama, but was very underwhelmed by it. So uh, I might give it another shot. Maybe somebody else at the helm at the smoothie machine making it will uh, make for a better, you know, for a better experience. But, uh, but yeah, my go-to is that strawberry limeade because it's just the right every time. Deliciousness in a cup. It's what it mm -hmm. is. Now, the Bahama Mama has white chocolate in it. And I always feel like I can taste the strawberry and the white chocolate. Mm -hmm. It's like a perfect con conglomeration <laughs> of awesomeness in my mouth. And I never felt underwhelmed by it, but that's just me, you know, to each their own. Regardless, we should talk about video games and not <laughs> smoothies. This is not a podcast about smoothies or about Jamba Juice, even though I'm enjoying this conversation. Um, Mac, shall we get right into the news, my friend? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, let's do the news. If this... I may start out by issuing one more PSA, if you haven't already, even if you don't plan on getting a uh, Nintendo Switch, you can claim your username on the Switch and on the Nintendo Network. I have already done so for Maction, so even though I don't have a Switch, and maybe it'll be quite some time before I get it, when you see Maction, that will actually be me. So get your Mr. Nice Guy, get your whatever if you haven't already, go for it. Now someone in the live chat just said, I am drooling here. I really gotta know, is that because of the smoothie conversation or yeah. our handsome faces? Let me know in the chat. 
which one it is. Well, uh, your guys, handsome face. I we mean, do. we have handsome faces. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, let's hop right into the news, guys. This first news story today comes from Game Rant. Uh, it says, and it's written by Weston Albert. We should read the author's name. I should be better about that. Uh, the story says, Destiny's developer Bungie has promised to shed more light on the next steps for Destiny tomorrow. It sounds like the title of the game is Destiny Tomorrow. But what I meant when I said that with bad inflection, guys, is they will shed more light tomorrow on the future of Destiny. Um, <laughs> it's hard when you don't know how to read and you're doing a podcast, guys. I'm, I'm working at it. I'm working at it. Uh, it says, while it's not clear how far into the future Bungie is getting ready to preview, the developer says it will provide, quote, an announcement and a reveal schedule, unquote, in the form of an article that will go live on the developer's website at 9 a.m. Pacific tomorrow at March 3rd, which is the same day the Nintendo Switch comes out. Destiny might just get overshadowed by the Nintendo Switch news. Uh, there are a few things that Bungie could give more details about tomorrow, which fans know will be coming to Destiny at some point. First are a number of sandbox changes that Bungie previewed last week, which will make changes to Sidearm's Memory of Scory, No Land Beyond, and Truth. These items have caught the attention of fans and Bungie since the weapon rebalance patch in issued in February. Bungie specifically mentioned this in its blog, so it's safe to assume the patch containing these changes will be dated tomorrow. Now, guys, I don't know if... Oh, Mac, I thought you had gone away for a minute. You're still there. You just moved from the camera. Yeah. Uh, Mac, right. now we've kind of already talked about this on the on the stream a little bit today on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you think about the timing of this announcement? Like, Destiny obviously is on multiple consoles, but to me, Nintendo is kind of going to rule the world tomorrow. Do you think that any gaming company <coughs> that is making an announcement or a release or doing something of significance tomorrow is just going to kind of be ignored and have their thunder stolen? What, do you, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah. Basically, tomorrow's Nintendo's day, and uh, if you're putting out something tomorrow on Nintendo's day, it's likely going to be overshadowed. Um, I mean, it'd be a great time to, you know, put out some bad news, maybe. Hope it kind of gets, you know, gets the slides under the radar, that's right. because that's exactly what most everything else is going to do tomorrow. Yeah, so like if you're if you're a gaming company and you listen to our podcast on iTunes, which by the way, if you guys don't check us out on iTunes, you should go leave a like and a rating and uh, and uh, follow us or whatever it's called, subscribe. Uh, <laughs> if if you're gonna like delay a game, tomorrow would be the day to do it. Uh, if your if your first quarter earnings aren't quite what you thought they were gonna be, tomorrow would be the day to announce that. Stockholders are gonna be so focused on the switch, they probably will miss that news. So that's just a pro tip from here, uh, from us here at Two Nerds in a Pod. Uh, guys, going on, next news story is from GameInformer.com, and it says, after dropping teases in developer talks, social channels, and the game client it itself, Blizzard has finally unveiled the latest character to join the Overwatch roster, Orisa. As we speculated in our teaser coverage, the character will be a robot attacked by Doomfist and rebuilt by genius inventor Effie Oladale the character Blizzard highlighted in their teasers. You can watch the full trailer of the character below and read Blizzard's full blog entry on the character here. There's a, obviously a link in the article I'm reading. Uh, it goes on to kind of describe the character. I'm not going to get too much into it, but you guys know I love me some Overwatch. Definitely not a pro player. But I'm really, really excited to see that Blizzard is continuing to support the game with not just content, but the type of content we love the best, which is free content. Uh, and quality content that doesn't divide the community. So props to Overwatch. Excited to try this new character out. Uh, and, you know, we don't have a ton of news stories today. We just have just a couple more. 
Uh, and then we'll we'll move on. Mac, did you have any stories before I keep going that you wanted? No, to... no, no. Please, okay, it's all me. It's all me, and I'm cool with that. Uh, Gamespot.com says the release of Nintendo Switch's day one update revealed that the system makes use of the dreaded friend code system. However, this will be further supplemented or replaced entirely at some point down the line. In a statement shared with Gamespot, Nintendo said you'll eventually be able to send friend requests using your friend or excuse me, your Nintendo network ID, or by connecting through social networks. As it stands, the primary method for adding someone to your Switch friends list is to use their randomly assigned 12-digit friend code. Here's what Nintendo said when asked about the friend list situation. Quote, several methods can be used to add friends as quickly as possible. By linking Nintendo Switch, da 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 da, da. I'm not going to read through all the ways that you can do it. Uh, but it goes on to say, unfortunately, it didn't offer any sense of how soon we might be able to see the Nintendo Network ID and social networking features implemented. Many questions remain about elements of the Switch's online service, including how its mobile app will work, when Virtual Console will debut, and exactly how much its premium online service will cost. Uh, Switch obviously launches tomorrow, March 3rd. So, uh, Mac, just I don't know. I know you're not a console guy, but kind of the way that, that this works is... Um, on Xbox or on PlayStation, you pick a name, mm-hmm. you pick a name, uh, and your friends can add you based on that name. Nintendo's doing it a different way, just randomly a uh, 12, 12 digit code. And that's how you add your friends. Now, to be fair, this is the way they've done it for at least they did this, this for the DS, right? They, uh, um, they did it for your the friend three, codes and such. Yeah. For the three DS, I think on the DS as well. And on the Wii. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will say there's a, I, I mean, I feel like they've already established the convention, bad convention as it may be, but uh, and now would be a good time to change it. It looks like maybe they'll phase it out, it sounds like, according to the article, but I'm not so surprised that they aren't, uh, that they're sticking with the same thing that they've used for the past, let's see, if it was we, then we're looking at seven years, eight years? Quite a while. And I'm not surprised either. Um, and in, if I remember correctly, I believe on the Wii you had different friend codes based on the game you were playing. I could be wrong about Ooh, that. Ugh, now that's so, that's I mean, that's too much. Yeah, if you're playing Mario Kart, if you're playing Monster Hunter, different friend codes for each game. I don't know if that's 100% right, but that's kind of what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my issue with using the friend code system and giving people a randomly generated friend code. With a gamer tag or with a PSN ID, uh, that can can stick with you over vert, over multiple console generations. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have an ID on PS3 or a friends list on PS3, you hop on PS4, you log in, that friends list is still there. You still have the same name. People know how to find you. If you've developed relationships with people on your previous console, you now have to go through the process of adding them on your new console with their new randomly generated friend code. Uh, it just seems like too much of a hassle, and it just doesn't make sense. Now, Nintendo doesn't offer, like, trophy and achievement support on their games like other other gaming companies, Sony and Microsoft do. But if this isn't the last console generation, I would really, really hope that Nintendo will add some type of consistency where you can use your Nintendo Network ID and it will carry over to the next console after the Switch. Uh, to me, that just seems like a no-brainer, but we'll see what Nintendo does. They kind of beat to their own... What's the what's the word I'm looking for? The March to the beat of their own drum. March to the beat of their own chihuahua. Exactly what I was, what I was trying to say. Um... One last news story, and then we'll we'll keep things moving. Uh, this is also about Nintendo, and this is just kind of a weird, random thing that I read online today. 
Uh, I found it interesting. This is on Eurogamer.net. It says, Console launches are a confusing time. Rumors can spread, and without widespread access to the hardware, it can be difficult to tell fact from fiction. Example, this week, people started licking Switch games to myth-bust a curious report that its tiny game cartridges taste so revoltingly bad it could only be deliberate. There were doubters. I mean, it's a piece of plastic. It's not going to taste like strawberries. Then there are those who tried it and instantly spat the game out in disgust. Quote, I can report the label has a slightly acrid taste, Eurogamer editor Oli Welsh confirmed to me. That's what the author says. The plastic has no flavor. As it should have been, right? Wrong. Nintendo now confirmed it. The disgusting taste of Switch cartridges is very real and deliberate. To avoid the possibility of accidental ingestion, keep the game, away from, keep the game card away from young children, a Nintendo spokesperson said. A bittering agent, Denatonium Benzoate, has also been applied to the game card. The bittering agent is non-toxic. You may not be familiar with the chemical compound's name, but remember the stuff parents used to put on their kids' fingernails to stop them from biting them? It's the same thing. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I guess we could call this ingenious? Or maybe it's just weird. I don't know. Uh, to me, I've never really heard a lot of stories of kids swallowing game cartridges. So... I mean, I've also never heard of any kids choking on Kinder eggs, but that doesn't stop them from being outlawed in the U.S. I see. Now, here's Mac with the big words. What was the word that you used last week to describe a violin? And I said that's not a real word. Stradivarius. Stradivarius. And I still don't believe it's a real word. <laughs> and one of our listeners tweeted at us and said they didn't know what it was either. So whatever that other word is that you just said that's outlawed in the U.S., I've never heard that word before. I'm Kinder gonna... egg? Yeah, I'm going to contend that that's not a real word and that I'm never going to play Scrabble with you <laughs> because you just make words up. Uh, guys, that's our news stories for the week. Uh, Mac, why don't we keep it going, man? Yeah, we'll keep it rolling. The next segment is a little thing we like to call gaming history. Um, now, sometimes this means we'll spend some time talking about uh, things that have happened in years past since the last time we did our podcast, so over the past intervening week in years past, um, events that have come around that have maybe shaped gaming, or barring that, uh, games that have come out in years past that have meant a lot to us, you know, myself and Mr. Nice Guy personally. So uh, let's hop right in. Um, here's a little interesting one, right? Even though I may have my own personal, you know, disagreements with uh, certain things Apple did and has done in the past and will continue to do in the future, it is noteworthy that this past week, specifically March 1st in 1976, two young men, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, in a, uh, in a garage, finished off their, uh, their circuit board on their work on their Apple One computer, which used, a, of course, a standard keyboard for input and a television for, for output. Um, so now, of course, Apple's not exactly synonymous with gaming the way that, uh, that PC has done. But let's not forget that back in those days in personal computing, um, that in the 80s or so when the video game crash happened, uh, a lot of that reason whoa, why the whoa, video... Whoa. the video game crash. Yeah, of 83. Uh, most people associate it with, um, uh, with E.T., the game for the Atari. Now, I'll be honest. I hate to, huh? to derail, but I'm not familiar with this. 
Okay, so um, basically what happened in the early 80s, uh, 83, 82, 83 or so, um, there was a crap load of, uh, and that's a that's a, a scientific unit. That's an SI unit. Crap load, is, yes. Yeah, I'm yep, familiar with that. Load. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, it's a uh, load of crap, right? That's what it, yeah, it yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it is, you know, it is more than 1,000 uh, uh, crap fulls. Yes, familiar with yeah, that. Yep. Exactly. So, um, uh, so there were a whole bunch of consoles, different consoles, like the Magnavox Odyssey, um, ZX Spectrum. You know, I mean, you name it, there were tons of these home consoles. Right. And there were enough home consoles and enough uh, games, and everybody had their own first-party, um, their own uh, their own manufacturers for games, and, of course, Atari and all these other things, that there came a point in time at which um, brick-and-mortar stores because internet purchasing wasn't a thing back then, um, that brick-and-mortar stores actually um, didn't have the space to heap on all the various consoles and all the various games. So they tried to turn around and sell them back or or take them back to the manufacturers who had been operating on such a sort of razor-thin budget trying to beat out the other video game manufacturers that they couldn't buy those things back. And so a lot of video game companies, both hardware and software, folded and went bankrupt in the, uh, in the you know, around 1983, um, which is called the video game crash. And a lot of people put a lot of uh, responsibility on the, um, on the Atari 2600 game E.T., which uh, was rushed through production okay. based on okay. the Steven Spielberg movie E.T., but they rushed yep. through it production to try and get it ready for Christmas season of 1982, which they did, but it's terrible. Everybody hates it. And uh, and that's it, it isn't what caused the video game crash, but it's sort of typical of what happened. You know, things being rushed and then, and then um, people, stores trying to sell the game cartridges or send them back to the manufacturers and the manufacturers suffering greatly because they had to buy them back but didn't have the capital to do so. Okay, I'm with you. Sorry for making okay. you explain that history, yeah, but now no I'm worries. with you. No, Got it. No worries, but during that time, during the video game crash, it was actually personal computing and the video gaming that took place on personal computing that thrived. So while we may not think of Apple computers or in general computers except for PCs as being uh, video game related in a big way, they certainly were what kept um, game programmers and video gaming alive during those dark years between when the uh, when the games market kind of crashed and when the Nintendo the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, the original NES, brought it back to life. So uh, so yeah, that that went way longer than I expected it, it to. But oh, there, cool. but there's a there's a little tidbit. Um, I don't want to spend all of our time on the on the video game history, so I'll be a little bit more brief at this next one. Uh, Pokemon Stadium was released for the Nintendo sixty four in uh, two thousand this past week. Mister Nice Guy, did you ever play Pokemon Stadium? I didn't, man. That's one of the ones I missed, but I bet you did. I actually did not because oh. I didn't have a 64, but my neighbor had a Nintendo 64, and the one and only game that he had was Pokemon Stadium. Now, I, of course, did have my uh, my Pokemon uh, games for the Game Boy, 
So I did plenty of playing of Pokemon Stadium with him, but, uh, but you know, it wasn't sort of my thing so much as it was a sort of, ah, yeah, let's play Pokemon Stadium together, which was gotcha. cool. Cool. Um, we saw, of course, in 2001, released for the Game Boy, Advance, Game Boy Color, um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Seasons and Ocarina of Excellent. Ages. Excellent games. Yes, great it. games indeed. And you know, there was going to be a third game, a third companion game. So it was going to be a, a trilogy um, that was released, but they axed that in development. Um, and so we just saw the release of Ages and Seasons. And if you beat both games um i forget exactly how it's done but if you beat both of them you will um unlock a sort of uh, you'll unlock an additional sort of uh sort of cutscene, if you will or a section of the game which is uh, which is kind of cool and you can google some more about that um Mr. Nice Guy, do I have enough time to wax? Uh, um... It's both of our podcast, man. Yeah. You know, well, you make that I... oh. decision. We got, we got okay. all the time in the world, man. Do it. Okay, then I'm going to do it because in 1996, a game was released called Civilization II, specifically Sid Meier's Civilization II. Mm-hmm. Now, Civilization I had some releases on the Nintendo, on the, on the Super Nintendo, um, and, and I think on the Sega Genesis as well. But, uh, but Civilization II, I remember that most fondly from its computer release. And uh, just to give you an idea of how tight of a grip I fell into with Civilization II, I once, um, I once skipped like a full day of school <laughs> in order to play some civilization two. And, and I'm not just talking about when I was a young, when I was a young man, I got back into civilization two when I was in university, um, you know, back in the mid two thousands, 2004 or so I, uh, I got back into civilization two and I skipped a final. What? For Civilization Two, but in my defense, those Byzantines needed to die. No, they I, had it coming. I, I'm gonna guess that there are some members of our audience who are laughing and calling you an amateur right now. They're like, "I lost my job playing Call of Duty, Mac. You, you just skipped a day of school. Yo, I've, I've ruined relationships with gaming. That's what some people are probably thinking. No, I get it though. That that's pretty pretty hardcore. Seriously, that you skipped a final to play a game. That's that's serious business. Eh, it's you know if I had to go back and do it again, I totally would. But I actually, thanks to episodes like this, there are two, there are a couple of game genres that I actually stay away from entirely, just because I know I'll fall into that pit. MMORPGs and is that one of them? MMORPGs are one of them. Yes, I, I don't, you know, I will fall into that pit so deeply that I'll never, I'll never get out. So. So there are there are things that I that I have to avoid, and Civilization Two is one of them. But it came out this past week in 1996, for better or worse, and that everybody is a little bit of gaming history. Mr. Nice Guy, over to you, sir. All right, boys and girls, it's time for our viewer question of the week. Now, if you guys ever want to submit a viewer question, you can hit us up on Twitter at Two Nerds in a Pod on Twitter, or myself at Nice Guy Gaming. Or Maxion at Maxion, and you can submit the question, or you can hit us up at our email address, two nerds in a podcast at gmail.com. So, guys, today's viewer question actually comes from Kid Nikki. He Ooh. wants to know Hey, 
Nice Guy Gaming and Maxion. Is there a double standard concerning Nintendo and the way that they are treated in the industry? Here's why I ask. Nintendo has released or is releasing a new console called the Nintendo Switch on March 3rd. But people are constantly criticizing them because of their lack of launch titles. Additionally, a lot of people seem to feel that Nintendo is simply re-releasing old games that have been out on other consoles for a while. Games like Shovel Knight, I Am Setsuna, and Little Inferno. But here's why I think this is a double standard, he says. PlayStation 4 was released without any really, really good blockbusters. In fact, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is a more significant game than anything that came out at launch with the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One. Additionally, the PlayStation 4 has had many remastered games, uh, such as The Last of Us and many others. Why is it that Nintendo gets criticized so much while other console companies get praised for doing the exact same thing? It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac, I'll field this first if you want. Yeah, please. So here's here's why I think Nintendo kind of gets a bad rap. It's because Nintendo has been around for longer. Uh, that's one reason. Nintendo's been around since the 80s, at least. I believe the 80s, because I was born in the 80s, and that's when I started playing Nintendo was late 80s. Um, and so, I don't know, I guess people kind of hold them to a different standard. They've been around longer, but they do things that make it seem like they're a newer company. For example, they released a bunch of consoles that were in standard definition, like the Wii, uh, when, you know, there were other consoles out at the same time that were in HD. Um, Nintendo has made online play that was seriously inferior to the online play and the online networks of the PlayStation and of the Xbox at the time. Uh, so I think that people kind of look at Nintendo and just expect them to fail. Um, it, it's like that kid. Let me use a sports ball analogy that Mac won't understand. Um, JaVale, hey, I am a sports ball expert. He is a sports Bring ball Bring on the analogy. analogy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> JaVale McGee, NBA player. He's been in the news recently, guys, because of, uh, you know, he's he's been on Shacked and a Fool, that, that clip show that Shaq does where he puts clips of JaVale McGee falling down and making bad passes. And he does it for other players too. But recently JaVale McGee got mad about it. So they were kind of beefing back and forth on Twitter. Now, when this happened, JaVale McGee's coach said, when I got JaVale on our team, this is what Steve Kerr said, Golden State Warriors head coach. He said, when I got JaVale on my team, I had a preconceived notion of him. I had a vision of him that was untrue. And a lot of the reason that I had that notion is because of the Shaq in a full clip show that Shaq does where he shows all the mistakes he's made. Nintendo's in a very similar situation. Uh, Nintendo is constantly the butt of everyone's jokes. Um, everything they do is under a microscope because, frankly, they've messed up over several console generations. They're the JaVale McGee of the gaming industry. It's not to say that they're not extremely skilled and hardworking, but because of mistakes that they've made in the past that have been highlighted, people kind of look at them differently. So if if another player makes the same errors that JaVale McGee makes, people are more willing to overlook it. When Sony and Microsoft do the same thing that Nintendo does, people are willing to overlook it. I hope that analogy made sense. Um, but that's why I feel like there's a double standard surrounding Nintendo. Um, I'll, uh, I'll chime in and say that um, I think, yes, maybe there's a double standard uh, surrounding Nintendo. But that double standard probably comes from an expectation that Nintendo themselves have set up. 
So um, with all the consoles that they've released, uh, they've had a pretty, uh, they've had they've had a pretty decent uh, decent release thing. Especially what I'm thinking about is uh, the Nintendo 64 excellent, and the Super console. Nintendo. Yep, both um, of them. Both of these consoles had really strong uh, had really strong release titles, and who knows? Maybe I'm just sort of uh, sort of seeing it through rose-colored glasses, and that's how it is. But seems to me that they had really good uh, good good opening salvos, if you will. Um, but with the exception of Breath of the Wild, that's kind of why people are like, you know, oh, when su- the Super Nintendo was released. You know, they didn't merely have, uh, you know, they had, of course, a mainline IP. They had Super Mario World, uh, but they didn't just have upscaled games from the past. They had games that, you know, had new mechanics or that were a completely new game instead of a remaster. So I feel like Nintendo's kind of made that expectation um, so maybe it is a bit of a double standard, but it's their own darn fault. Yeah. Now just to kind of, uh, put things in perspective, I actually Googled this while you were talking and you're absolutely right. Um, the SNES launch titles in Japan, they had F zero and super Mario world, um, two excellent games. You know what I mean? And in the U S launch for the super Nintendo slash super Famicom, they had, F-Zero, Gradius 3, Pilot Wings, SimCity, and Super Mario World. Uh, same thing in the European launch, although they had Super Tennis to go with it. Now, I'm going to mm-hmm. try to find real quick, um, because I believe that you're correct, I'm going to try to find the Nintendo 64 launch titles. And yeah, I mean, they they had, in the U.S., they had Pilot Wings 64 and Mario 64. Um Mario 64, one of the greatest Mario games of all time, was a launch title for the Nintendo mm-hmm. 64. In Europe, they had FIFA Soccer 64, Pilot Wing 64, Star Wars Shadow of the Empire, Super Mario 64, Turok Dinosaur Hunter, and Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey. So, I mean, you're right. Those two consoles both had a lot of notable launch titles um, to carry it and to sell the system itself. Nintendo has really made a shift from using software to sell hardware to just making hardware that has a lot of cool new unique out of the ordinary features but not backing it up uh with any any type of any type of software so mm-hmm. so anyway that's my stance i feel like that's why they're under the microscope and that's what i had for the viewer question of the week <laughs> Mac is putting in some work in the chat real quick But before we continue I just wanted to let you guys know That this uh, stream today Is brought to you by Banhammer.com If you want to come act a fool In our stream Live here on twitch.tv Backslash two nerds in a pod The Banhammer will come down If you guys want to get a free Banhammer For your Twitch channel Go to Banhammer.com Use the code two nerds in a pod to get 15% off your next Banhammer purchase. It lasts for 600 seconds, and if you come back again and act like that, you get it again. All right, Mac, that's what I had. Uh, if you want to take it away with the next segment, go for it, my friend. Yeah, sure. So, um, 
over to the next, uh, to the next, to our next little segment. So, welcome once again to those of you of you who are just joining us to Two Nerds in a Pod, the possibly nerdiest podcast in the known universe, um, where we talk about video games and uh, we talk a little bit about life too. So, this next segment is called Kick or kickstart. Now, we're going to do things just a touch differently today because I want instead of talking about it as presenting a which we would normally do where I present a kickstarter and uh, we talk about it for a little bit and then at the end we deliver we deliver whether or not we think this should be kickstarted or whether it should be kicked to the curb. Um, I'm going to just talk about one that we talked about a couple of times ago, specifically Sundered. Sundered, um, the Kickstarter has since closed, but it was a uh, procedurally generated, hand-drawn art Metroidvania that, uh, that of course, you know, that just kind of stuff just gets me. Um, and we talked about it. Mr. Nice Guy thought it was a great-looking game. Um, the company had a track record of putting out, you know, being able to deliver on their promises with Kickstarter. Uh, but I, in the end... In the, in the face of everybody else who said that it should totally be kickstarted, I had to say kick it because it violated my one rule, and that is it has to have a playable, playable demo, demo, and it didn't have that. Well, Mrs. The Mac, my wonderful wife, um, she, she listened in. She knew that that, that, uh, that was the one thing and that I wasn't going to do it, even though it pained me because it looked so good and so excellent. She ponied up the money. She kickstarted it on my behalf. And so earlier today, I got my closed alpha key for Sundered. And uh, a couple of people were around earlier when I was playing it on my own stream. And it is a lot of fun. Dude, did you, is it recorded? I want to go back and watch the archive. Um, yeah, it's, it'll, be, it'll be on the past broadcasts, so you can take a look. And uh, it's... It's kind of intense. Um, there are some of those games where you have a kind of like horde mode where the waves just keep on coming. I may be wrong, but it seems like this game so far appears to be on permanent horde mode in style. A, in the Metroidvania game? Yeah. That's cool. Where they just keep coming. You die, you go back to the hub and spend the points, spend the shards that you've uh, that you've accumulated. <clears throat> Over a playthrough, the uh, the layout of the world is the same. Um, so you'll learn where things are, know where to go, and know how to get things. Um, and unlock more areas as you pathfind around and such. So uh, very cool. Uh, I'm pretty darn excited. So far, the controls have been fluid. Um, the music is delightfully creepy. I was quite frightened the first time we ran into I ran into some of the great old ones in there and I'm pretty excited to see what else the game has but as opposed to doing the normal where I'd present one I wanted to come back and say that my wife is amazing she did that for me she is wonderful and I have been reaping all the benefits and frankly I will turn this around for a moment and say that I don't know why there wasn't just a smidgen of a playable demo um, because the closed alpha that it's in right now, I haven't run into a single hiccup. 
a little bit of frame stuttering when it's moving into a new area, but I mean, that's just to be expected with loading another area. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so, I mean, it's well, it's got more polish on it. It seems like than a lot of uh, than a lot of games that have made it to full release, and it's just in the closed alpha right now. And as I understand it from the uh, from the timeline, the people with the closed alpha access will get about a month to tinker around with it nice. before they'll give their feedback, and then that feedback will go into the uh, into the closed beta, and then you know from there. So it's really surprising to me that with so much of the game and groundwork already laid that there was no demo. So any Kickstarter people listening, please, for my sanity, playable demo on your Kickstarter. Although please. it's good to know, it's it, it's notable that they did not have a playable demo and the closed alpha is polished. It makes me yeah. wonder if they had put out a playable demo, if they would have felt like they were rushing it, you know, and maybe it would have put a bad taste in people's mouth, and it wouldn't have gotten kickstarted fully. Well, I don't know, I don't know because so. it's only it's only been about a week since the Kickstarter closed. Oh, really? Okay. And yeah, they only waited long enough for the payments to come through from all the cards and all the processing things sure. before they sent out the alpha keys. Say the name so, of the I game mean, one more time for, for the Sundered. S-U-N-D-E-R-E-D. And um, if you come around, I imagine on my own personal Twitch channel, I'll be playing it a little bit as I find time. I don't get too much time, but I will give it a shot. So if you want to uh, to watch, you can always come around my Twitch channel and have a watch. So, His yeah. Twitch channel is Maction, M-A-C-K-T-I-O-N, twitch.tv backslash Maction. Check him out. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. But uh, but yeah, so that's what we have for our kick or kickstart segment. Awesome! I, li- I actually kind of like doing it like that. That's uh, I like that. That was a unique way of presenting it to the people. Uh, guys, once again, we have another segment for the show. This is my favorite segment of the show. It's called the Dummy of the Week. I'm too tired week, to do week, the echoes. Week, week, oh, Mac week. did the echoes for me. Thank you, Mac. He had my back right there. Guys, this one's actually unique uh, in that it doesn't deal with a gaming fight. But real quick, let me break down what this segment is. We share with you each week an example of one of the dumbest, most idiotic, but also kind of amusing people in the gaming industry, gaming world, who did something stupid, and now they get to be told on here by us, the two guys at Two Nerds in a Podcast. Uh, This week, our story comes from MitchellRepublic.com. It says, the manager of a Mitchell, and I'm assuming Mitchell is a city, uh, Mitchell Video Game Store was arrested after he allegedly, and by the way, I just want to say, allegedly, we, yeah, we got to stop using the word allegedly, you know, <laughs> I get due process, I'm a fan of due process, but if there's video of someone mowing people down with a gun, they didn't allegedly do it, they did it, you know what I mean, I'm not saying they did, don't deserve a trial, but why do we got to be that politically correct that we say allegedly when there's like a, a hundred witnesses and it was done on live TV? I'm just saying. This is not an example of that, but here's the story. The manager of a Mitchell video game store was arrested after he allegedly hid money and video surveillance in the store's lowered ceiling in what police say was an attempt to steal more than $1,600. Aaron Cooper, 34, of Mitchell, manager of GameStop in Mitchell, was charged with grand theft after allegedly hiding cash and bank deposits in the video game store's ceiling and calling police to report the incident as a robbery. The Mitchell Department of Public Safety said in a press release issued Thursday morning. I read that poorly. 
Quote, it appears that the robbery report was made to cover up an embezzlement by Cooper, said De- uh, said Detective Lieutenant Don Everson. Huh. Uh, at about 8.30 a.m. Wednesday, Cooper called police to say a man who claimed to have a gun entered the store and took two bank deposits and cash totaling more than $2,000 as well as the contents of the employee's wallet and placed them in a blue backpack, authorities said. Surveillance footage from a nearby business and a following investigation discredited the employee's claims and sixteen, or excuse me, $1,647.55 in cash and GameStop receipts, keys to GameStop locks, and a binder of 2017 bank deposits was found hidden in the store's lowered ceiling in a blue-colored backpack, police say. Now, for those of you keeping track at home, when the police came, this gentleman said, hey, the guy who stole this from me had a blue backpack. And they found the money in the ceiling in a blue backpack, which was his own. Uh, That explains the next part of the story, which says, quote, it's not uncommon when people lie to mix some truth in with their lie. For one, it's easier to lie if there's some basis in reality, Everson says. The store's surveillance camera was found hidden in the lowered ceiling in another section of the business. Cooper was arrested Wednesday and charged with grand theft valued at between $1,000 and $2,500, blah, blah, blah. Everson police say continue to investigate the case and are unsure if this was an isolated incident. Uh, I don't know if I want to make fun of this guy because I feel like this story really speaks for itself. Uh, Don't call the police on yourself. That's that's the first thing, and if you're going to lie, uh, don't say the backpack color is the same thing. Now, that's not really the biggest part of the story that's dumb. I just think it's weird that he tried to pull a Walter White, because isn't there a part in Breaking Bad where he hides some stuff in the ceiling? I can't quite remember. He does. I know that he hides uh, He hides a cell phone. He hides his burner in the, uh, in the ceiling of the school. I don't remember call if he hides any money in the ceiling of the school but he of course hid money in the crawl space um, and he might have hid some money in the baby's room in sort of that little attic thingamajig you know it's yeah it's interesting to me how people don't think you know what hey i work at gamestop i'm the manager i'm gonna steal but wait a minute i'm gonna be smart enough to steal the surveillance cameras so that they won't catch me oh but wait there's all these other businesses nearby no way that they have (laughs) surveillance no way that they have videos that could be recording me and you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna steal this money and i'm gonna put it in the ceiling not gonna put it in my car and take it home gonna put it in the ceiling first doesn't make any sense to me I'm, i'm sure that the police the first place they said the search was the ceiling probably not they probably realized hey why is that ceiling tile completely loose because he didn't put it back because he was too dumb i don't know anyway that's the dummy of the week uh, and that's that section of the show. Mac, it's all you, man. All right. And so the last little uh, segment of the show before we talk about our uh, our days, you know, what we're watching, what we're playing, um, happens to be a little segment called Legalese. Legalese. Where uh, we talk about some of the interesting legal things that are going on right now that may impact the future of gaming or sometimes that are just too interesting to pass up. And this happens to be one of the latter. Now, we all know that it's no surprise when Nintendo comes down on somebody who's doing something with their intellectual property. Now, next legalese, I promise, as long as there's nothing crazy going on, I intend on giving an overview of trademark, copyright, what is and is not does not have to be policed. And I will give a 
annotated bibliography, cite sources so that, you know, so that if, because there is so much crazy stuff going around, like Nintendo will be jerks about a fan project and people will be like, they have to protect their trademark. That's bull. <laughs> and I will tell you exactly why. <sighs> Calm Sorry, down. Deep breath. Deep breath. But this was so interesting. Even though I had all that prepared, I had to talk about this because believe it or not, there is a company in Tokyo that is doing tours around Tokyo in golf carts. Oh yeah. Model, in yeah, little go karts modeled after the uh, the carts from Mario Kart. And and as if that wasn't enough, not only that, but they will also rent you a uh, a onesie of a character of a character from Mario Kart. So a Mario <laughs> Kart onesie, you can get that. You can get they'll they'll rent you mustaches so you can be Mario or Luigi and have that on. I'm sure they'll let you have a mustache if you're Princess Peach too. They're uh, they're pretty forward thinking <laughs> there in Tokyo. Uh, but they take you on tours around Tokyo in these golf carts. Um, now I'm going to uh, read a little bit from uh, from the thing here. All right, okay. Okay, so the cart's not the only reference in this because the name of the company, Maricar, M-A-R-I-C-A-R, provides you with the onesies, the mustaches, shoes, even Bluetooth speakers if you want to uh, to blast your uh, Mario Kart music as you drive around Tokyo. So in, uh, the, in the lawsuit that Nintendo filed in a Tokyo court on Friday... In this suit against Mario Kart, Mari Car, Nintendo accused the company of using its characters without permission. Um, Kenshi Sugimoto, a spokesman for Nintendo, said that it had previously warned Mario Mari Car about using um, Nintendo's characters, but they did quote did not receive a good faith answer. Um, in a response, Mari Car said that it had discussed. Let's go. I'm just kidding. That was corny. Let's go. They had discussed this service with Nintendo and consulted their own legal experts who judged that their business model would not violate Nintendo's copyright. Um, and that, of course, we had worked, hoped to work with Nintendo, but they were unwilling. Now, we all know, again, Nintendo borders on the draconian, especially when you think of things like Let's say YouTube, you want to put up a YouTube video with Nintendo content in it. Um, if you want to see any money from that before they just automatically copyright claim everything you've done on there, then you actually have to be part of the Nintendo program where the money goes through Nintendo's pockets and they shell out some small change to you Um in exchange, but you have to be basically pre-vetted. They get the money and, you know, hand stuff over, which is insanely morally bankrupt just because they are capitalizing off of stuff that they are not actually producing, just my take on it. But we all know that Nintendo is very gung-ho about this. Um, but one does have to wonder, what with the recent announcement of Nintendo putting in uh, attractions inside of some real-life amusement parks that they said that they were going to do uh, near November or so of this last year. One has to wonder if maybe they're shutting this down, not because it's a direct threat or even an indirect threat, but because it will be a direct threat. You see, the way I like to think about it is that Nintendo's shutting them down because we are just two steps away from having Mario Kart 
in Universal Studios or Ooh. some other amusement park like that. Total wild speculation because uh, because maybe they just shut it down because that's what Nintendo does. But uh, but hey, that's possible. I like to look at the world through rose-colored glasses. So there we go. A little bit of legalese. And once again, I promise next time around we'll do a primer on trademark and copyright and why Nintendo goes super overboard on all of this stuff. But for the meantime, there you go. Poor Mari Car getting shut down in Tokyo. I, they should have called it Mari and Louis card or something, just to be even more trolly. Because honestly, <laughs> these people know exactly what they were doing. They know exactly what they were doing. Oh, yeah. And they said, we consulted our legal expert. No, you didn't. You just asked one of your friends who's a lawyer to say that you were okay and that you weren't going to get in trouble when you knew perfectly well that what you were doing was copying Nintendo. Uh, I'm not saying Nintendo doesn't go overboard, but I, I saw this story, and it's clear what was going on here. Now, I find oh, yeah. it funny that they were renting onesies to people to have them dressed up like Mario. Mm-hmm. Like, you show up to go for a tour of Tokyo, and they're like, hey, let's do it in these carts that look like Mario carts. But do you And want here, you full... can rent a used onesie. Exactly. But do you want the full experience? Here, put on this sweaty onesie and this mustache <laughs> that someone else was wearing five minutes ago. Um, I wonder if there's people who choose to wear the onesie but say, nah, the mustache... That would it's be just a too little, much. That's too crazy. That's too crazy. Just show me Tokyo. Um, anyway, guys, this has been episode twenty. Mac, we're twenty episodes in, man. Up Indeed, it's in strange. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Now, before we go, we like to end the show with a little section called "What We're Watching and What We're Playing," where we talk mm-hmm. about the video games we have been playing and the TV shows and movies and other things that we have been watching, and also what we're looking forward to. Mac, you want to start us off, my friend? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Mrs. The Mac and I have been watching some more Stargate. Uh, we, we're we in Stargate Atlantis in the last season, so uh, I expect in a couple of weeks' time we'll be on to Stargate Universe. Um, we have also been watching, um, not so much like in a series way, but we love the heck out of Trevor Noah's stuff. He's good. Um, he's funny. He's really good. So we've actually been listening to his book, Born a Crime. That It's a good book. It's a good book, and it's kind of a testament to his uh, um, to his comedy that he's talking about some really serious, really dark stuff, and it's still presented in such dark, a way. Mac? What do you mean he's talking about? Dark? I'm just kidding. I'm being stupid. I'm being. Um, he's talking about apartheid, dude. <laughs> you don't get darker than apartheid. It's true. Maybe it was terrible, maybe terrible time period. Yeah, absolutely. Holocaust might be the only thing, but uh, but he's uh, so. Um, so he talks about that, but he does it in that in that way of his that really, um, even though it's really heavy stuff, it does wind up being somewhat uplifting at the end. You know, he he does a real good job of balancing the t- of balancing the content with the tone that doesn't uh, that doesn't overdo it on one side. Nothing's sickly, sweetly, sappy, happy like you would find in some stuff and nothing is super depressing. Yeah. So, uh, so he's, he's a good, uh, he's a good, I I mean, you know, I, I guess he's a good author, but I feel like what it is is it's just him being a good presenter. He knows how to feel the situation, even through text as it were. Um, so between watching some Atlantis and reading born a crime, which is really good. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Sundered, 
which is fantastic. I've also been playing a little bit more Chasm because that's going to see its uh, its beta release pretty soon, and I'm excited about that. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. How about you, Mr. Nice Guy? Now, Mac, real quick, you're going to be really excited to know that there's a brand new Trevor Noah stand-up special on Netflix that was mm-hmm. just released this year. I don't know if you've listened to it yet. I have not. Uh, but I plan on it. So if you like Trevor Noah, that'd be another thing to check out with the misses. Uh, and then as far as stuff, there's a lot more stuff that I'm looking forward to than stuff that I've actually been doing because this week has been crazy. Mac, you may have heard. I think you may have seen me post on Twitter today. I don't know that Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. is releasing two new Netflix specials on March 21st. So I'm obviously very excited for that. Uh, He's my favorite comic of all time, and actually watching Chappelle's show and watching him improvise and do stand-up in between the sketches on Chappelle's show back in the day is what inspired me to get into stand-up comedy, Uh, one of the things that inspired me too. So I'm really excited to see um, the two specials that are coming out there. And then honestly, I'm more excited for stuff I'm going to play than what I've been playing. Excited for Horizon. This weekend is going (laughs) to be all about Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm excited for that. Um, and fingers crossed that Nintendo will announce a Monster Hunter for Nintendo Switch. That's one of my favorite games. Uh, now, as far as what I actually have been watching, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., all caught up with that. 24, all caught up with that. Uh, gonna buy Doctor Strange this weekend and get into that movie. Just watched Creed not that long ago. Uh, oh, how was that? Dude, it's good. Have you seen it? It's uh, Creed. He's um, Apollo Creed's son That's in the right. Rockyverse. That's right. Played by Michael B. Jordan. It's actually a couple years old, but I had just never seen the movie. So I watched mm. it, and there were moments where I wanted to just stand up and scream because it was like watching a real boxing match. It was really, really intense at some points. Uh, oh, and I, gotcha. I loved it. Great, great movie. Excellent. I hope they make another one. Um, what else? Still playing a lot of arcade games. I actually just recently updated the RetroPie with a new image. Um, Mm -hmm. So I completely cleared off my SD card and put a pre-made image on there. Um, So I've been going through some of the games, uh, Neo Geo and stuff that that were on that image. Uh, And that's pretty much it for me, man. I'm all over the place this week with what I've been watching and what I've been playing. Uh, And that's what I had. Mac, you have anything else you want to say to the people before we let them get back to their commutes or whatever they're doing while they're listening to this? Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. If ever you feel so inclined, join us for the live taping of the show, as it were, um, at twitch.tv forward slash two nerds in a pod. Don't forget to get those questions in so that your question can be featured as our viewer question of the week by tweeting at two nerds in a pod or by sending uh, um, or by sending your stuff uh, over Gmail two nerds in a podcast at gmail.com. Now, I, so, don't, I don't usually do this, but I want to read one quick comment that someone just posted in the chat. Um, this is one of Max friends from his channel that I believe you brought to the podcast tonight. Uh, Cunning as Do you want me to read this or do you want to read this comment? It's very complimentary. Sure. I'm glad I was awake to hear, see and hear this stuff. I'm not much of a fan of podcasts, but this was really interesting. You guys are fun and easy to listen to, and the content is good. I will check out your earlier episodes and look forward to seeing your upcoming episodes. I hope you guys don't lose interest in this. No, we're going to keep it going. We really enjoy doing it. At least I do. I hope Mac enjoys it too. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fun. This is supposed to be a heart. I'm making a heart with my hands. Thank you. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Hit us up on iTunes, uh, Two Nerds in a Pod. Here's some outro music. Get your dance on. We love you. Deuces.